because I don't understand how the fuck you get paid off of that shit. <laughs> like, I mean, can somebody explain to me how you can get a billion streams and not get a million dollars? Like, that shit don't make sense to me. Like, I don't know who the fuck running the streaming industry, if you in here or not. <laughs> but nigga, you need to give us some information on how the fuck to track this money down. Because one plus one ain't adding up to two. That shit don't add up. And I have to say it. Because that's the main gripe with a lot of us artists is that we do major numbers with streams and this shit, but it don't add up to the money. Like, what the fuck is the money? When I first came out, my records would sell based off of physical. If you sold a million copies, that means if $9.99, 9000000 dollars you get this percentage, that's what it is. So if I sell how many streams, how much money do I get? It's not being translated and, and it's not working for the artist right now. And I just want to speak to that in yeah, the no, music industry. Talk. Like, that's fucked up. And we need to find a way to figure that out the same way the writers are figuring out. The writers are striking because streaming, they can't get paid. Because when it's on the platform, it's not like in the box office. In the box office, if it does all these numbers, you may get it up. Oh, it did this many, here's another check. But on streaming, you got 300,000 hours that somebody watched your movie. Where's the money? And I know I'm going off a script right now, but fuck it. This is business. Yeah. This is business. You know what I'm saying? This is a room full of business people, and somebody may hear this and be able to do something about it so that way the next artist don't have to struggle or cry or try to figure out how to get to his money. Because some of these artists are streaming millions and millions and millions and millions of fucking streams, and they don't got no millions of dollars. friends it's a surprise bonus episode because i imagine y'all are aware um it's getting pretty hot out there for our friends uh in the world of writing and acting as per usual are the friends that we don't have who are directors doing fine <laughs> they're they're hanging out bob Iger style on a 200 million dollar yacht saying ah it's not that big a deal. But yeah, so anyway, we decided to do a, an, our first emergency episode. Because we got to talk about SAG-AFTRA. AFTRA. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, this is just getting to a, a crazy place here. So, as as Will alluded to, yes, this is... Uh, we're I'd, I'd like to say i'm on my a game i'm not because we've been called away from life to report the sad facts of the world to you so nope. i'm out of the bunker and uh we're reporting live that uh clint eastwood's juror number two has halted production in georgia and fucking let's see i mean there's so many so and there's your shop, everyone. 
And yep. that's the show. <laughs> that's, that's you know, that's all we are worried about is our our good bitch Clint. <laughs> God, I mean, it's not it's no shock, but you would think that you know how fast he is at shooting things. Yeah, I'm supposed to have done already. Maybe he's, it could be like almost done. Also, though, with Clint, depending upon how long this shit goes on, I could see him being like, you know what, we got enough. <laughs> we got it together. <laughs> yeah, we've done fine here. This is good. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that Clint might be in in trouble here, but. That's that's okay because we have all of these um these Marvel and Pixar movies to go see instead. Oh wait. Uh-oh. Something just came across <laughs> my desk here. Is Disney starting to pull back on that a little bit? Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder what the reason for this could be. I don't even have a guess, do you? I don't know. It can't. It's probably has nothing to do with just dropping sales uh, across the globe, and uh, something looming on the horizon. Mm. Uh, I bet we could, if we really work hard this morning. I think we could put our heads together and connect all these threads into one thing. What do you think? Let's try. <laughs> mm. Well, where to start? Uh, it's going to look like the room in Cronenberg's Spider by the time we're done. <laughs> this all together. Yeah, and Will's going to be tossing my spunk into the river. And then we'll both be in that small bathtub in just the cold, shallow water. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, let's, uh, I guess let's just look at some, some things here. Well, I guess it started with the the big start of the spread of the news was, of course, the cast of Oppenheimer at the premiere last night in the UK, leaving the premiere to go join the picket line. Bye bye. Bye bye. And so that was a, I mean, that was a smart way for the news to spread. That mm-hmm. helps. As many have said already, unfortunately, people notice a lot more when it's actors than writers. Because they're like, wait, the hot person in all the movies I like? You're telling me the person who's on screen (laughs) will make more of an impact? Yeah, I mean, it's SAG. SAG's entered the negotiations now, and they've joined the picket lines. They've not just entered. They fucking are throwing down is what they're doing, which we'll get into. But SAG is really like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. It's y'all, y'all's choice. Call it now. We're gonna fuck up your entire industry right hmm. now. I wonder what SAG could be worried about. Seems like they have more of a vested interest this time. Hmm. Could it have something to do with AI? Might could be. Could their livelihood be on the? I mean, as we know, these face apps that have come out over the years can do some crazy shit. So. It's not going to be hard to see Mark Ruffalo's face on someone else's face. They might try, but I think what is happening for real, jokes aside, is that less the big talent are worried of being co-opted by this new AI software. And more uh, what's going to happen to the below-the-line actors, mainly this, this, uh, this group called Extras. Yep. They might be facing extinction. Yeah. 
which and really and truly we've talked about it on the show many times but if there's one thing that i've been the maddest about since the advent of supposedly good looking cg is extras like big huge fucking groups of extras and the amount of you know majesty that can add to a movie even if the movie isn't that good um and that's already been sorely lacking in my opinion once the millennium hit and we started doing weird like baseball stadium (laughs) blob people for all crowd scenes you know and just change the color of the shirt every fourth person or whatever well yeah or do like uh the first like ai generated opening i guess that new marvel show has i haven't seen it but apparently it's just revoltingly awful this uh this ai generated opening to the thing because we've already we've already seen like those budweiser commercials (laughs) shit like of course it would be tried there first um it also makes me a little nervous why uh marvel seems to be having so so much uh quick thinking about what they're gonna do with all their losses recently because as we've previewed before they've they've had some major disappointments lately they've uh hasn't been going great marvel end no no um elemental some i don't know what that is and india you should watch that trailer it looked i wish the trailer and movie was ai generated because it would make me honestly feel better than knowing that real people did that (laughs) Like, it looks like when you get to see, like, the proof of concept animations before they start, but except in Hellscape Computer CGI land. And so it almost looks like a cool, like, weird internet thing, but instead it's supposedly a gigantic budget (laughs) kids movie. It looks like hell. It looks, yeah, I'm looking at it now. It looks pretty bad. I would rather go see Sound of Freedom than spend an hour with this. Absolutely. No questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Can sit in my lap before I'll watch that movie. <laughs> so here's what's going on real quick with Marvel and China. So Marvel is already starting to say that they've made a lot of mistakes and they are, they got Bob Iger out there saying that their TV shows uh, basically diluted the attention and focus towards their their big movies which makes so much that's totally that's got to be the reason yeah it's also very funny that oh boy i don't even know if i have the energy to play this game on the internet but to go look through the articles of like uh during the pandemic being like it's all streaming now it's disney plus all the way and quickly when uh, several months ago it was like theaters are back and marvel is back and we're gonna do it and now it's kind of like, well, <clears throat> our movies are probably doing bad because people have had the expectation they're going to show up on Disney Plus. So they stop going to theaters to see them. Weird. Uh, then, yeah. Then that's probably the reason, too. That makes also total sense. Well, I mean, I say that jokingly, but I'm sure like the biggest audience they have are you know mostly young and latino families and they are not going to the theater to pay 25 dollars a person to uh i mean you've seen there's no way already already shit not the i keep thinking this is the patreon well 
That's okay. But my point is, I mean, that's a sad fact, though, is like huge families, they're not going to pay that much to go see Turning Red or Elemental or. Well, and there's a there's a, there was a big, you know, everyone was quiet about it and not that there aren't a couple left, but. I was reminded of it when when I lived in Denver, there was a place called Elvis Cinemas. And the reason Elvis cinemas were awesome is they were on the outskirts of Denver in different directions, um, like before you got to the suburbs. And it was pretty much always $2, but they would get shit like only a week later, right? Right, right, right. And they, of course, as a lot of those theaters, they did Bollywood and shit and like all that too. But most of those theaters are gone now. And so when you do have a giant family or shit, even, I mean, just think like a normal fucking trying to survive family with, you know, two adults and three children, that's already like just to go to the fucking movies, you're dropping a hundred plus dollars. And that's if you can keep the children from screaming to get popcorn and shit. Exactly. And already uh, audiences, I mean, the parents and the kids are probably looking at this shit and being like, I don't my patience is wearing with it like <laughs> as i've maintained as much as we like to make fun of the stupid stupidity of our mass culture it's really the stupidity of like group think that permeates mass culture people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for and well if you give them a chance like we've said yeah like, like you know often dumbass decisions are made but give people an opportunity to choose dumb or smart they choose smart more often than you'd think and also give people the the realization that they have stake in this um and i'll repeat this at the end of the episode but if you're someone pushing to share all these sag things and oh my god look what the the cast of bones is doing oh my god this is so great then you better be the first person to refund both of your tickets for the Barbenheimer weekend coming up. Because I've, I, I, you know what, we were going to report on that. I will not go to the fucking theaters to give money to this bullshit. Because at some point, though, these are not the products of, uh, well, hopefully not of AI generated content. They are from the people that are trying to push heavily for that. So, if you Don't want to, that Mattel already has over eight projects in development right now, right now, based on games and shit because of Barbie. So, yeah, and like we said, Nintendo. Before anyone saw it. Well, there are you know early reviews and shit. Whether or not that's real, because everyone loves it apparently. But yeah, over eight, over eight toy movies coming. Yay. Great. <laughs> uh, about Barbie might be awesome, though that's not the issue. Well, as we've pointed out, all you have to do is look at the rollout in the press of the reviews and how the Barbie producers had stopped any like real critics coming to the premieres to write reviews. They only looked for Twitter users and mm-hmm. people who are easily swayed by a studio being like, Hey, you wanna come see you wanna come see Barbie? You want a cute little pink bag that's got some swag in it? I mean, that's how that's the stupidity of people we're talking about. And you know what? Film Twitter critics, you're not real people, so we're not including yeah, you. Fine. You all are literally the worst of the worst. But those people are truly 
in the matrix at this point they literally are like as dumb as as dumb as that sounds i haven't seen motherfuckers that need to be unplugged so bad in my entire life like they they literally are only plugged into this crazy thing they've decided to be a part of so yeah yeah it's fun of them Yes, and they all started as TV critics, also the lowest of the low. <laughs> a name I don't even like to mention on this show, but talk about a no nut like a job that means nothing. That's <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's who the Barbie people are directing their movie. And I don't know, maybe the movie will be good, but yeah, it might be it awesome. Will, might be fucking sick. Who knows? It will probably be just good enough for people to be like, I got mostly what i wanted yep i mean look uh, ryan gosling will be hot ryan gosling will have a joke or two that lands that's enough for billions of people to say yeah we'll take more <laughs> well i see no issue with you know them uh the news of them shooting reshooting over 40 percent of the movie because the head of mattel that psycho looking motherfucker uh flying out to convince margot robbie and uh greta gerwig to like not hurt the brand so they reshot like 40 percent of the movie i'm sure that bodes well yeah i also like the the tone of the reporting that did happen on that and nobody just saying he didn't come out to like have a conversation with them to see if they were willing he came out to like truly mafioso style let them know what was happening <laughs> with their movie that wasn't a that wasn't a like let's put our heads together and see if we can just change you know a little bit here and there no 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 that was a that was a very powerful evil horrifying human being letting them know what movie they'd be putting out yeah remember in casino when the gangsters from new york fly in <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it's this they called, the, they called the big boss because somebody in, somebody in one of the smaller cities <laughs> got a little too a uh, little too out of their lane. Yeah, they did, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I and and then also with Oppenheimer, it's just kind of like, what do you? I mean, I don't know. Like, who cares? We'll see. You know, I mean, it could be good, but I'm just saying, like, everybody, if you really want to like do something, it's just do something else that weekend. Go see it eventually, but affect their weekend grosses. Yeah, that's all you got to do. That's all you have to do. Go see oh. your dumb little bomb movie and your doll movie, which so sad that this is where we've come to. And like, wow, cinema. Let's. This is the we're getting everyone back. It's a movie about a fucking brand and the guy who, you know, is still responsible for so much like pestilence and disease and like horrifying you know, <laughs> issues carried down from birth in Japan. It's just like, I, you know, I who can fucking care. About this, <laughs> this is so sad when I see like accounts on Twitter called cat lovers selling, like here's yeah. their barbit, get your Barbenheimer shirt. <laughs> so as we were saying, if, you know, that, that's some there's one way you can do something this uh, that upcoming weekend other than just be like reposting, you know, articles from Deadline and Variety. You can actually have a stake in helping affect how studios see their stranglehold on you as the public. So, yep. you know, you could do you could go see there are a couple of theaters across the country showing pacifiction again right now go there see you that. go there that's you what go. that movie is also about 
similar things to Oppenheimer in not that twisty of a way. So go see that. And the colors will be way more colorful than the Barbie movie. Wow, we just nailed it there. Yeah. There There you go. Okay, go (laughs) see Pass. If it's not playing in your city, buy the Blu-ray from our friends at Grasshopper Films. That just came out. Have some friends over for a night of soul-nourishing movies. It's the best movie of last year. It's just... uh... Yeah, we shock it, which is crazy. I honestly never thought we would ever, in our time knowing each other, agree on the movie of the year, but somehow it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go uh go do that instead. Or yeah, go awesome. uh go see something at your local repertory cinema that's not the Gene Siskel. Go to any of those places. Well, but there's good shit there they can go see this week. It's okay. Unless someone gave them those ideas <laughs> and is not compensating that person for those ideas. Other than that, yeah. The secret's out. John is Jean Eustache. <laughs> Good save before they someone figures out what I actually am burned about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So go support the music box. Yeah, so Disney is saying at the at the Morgan Stanley conference, this is where Disney is saying all of this, which is very funny. So they're kind of rolling back certain ideas because they clearly don't know what to do. And it it couldn't possibly be that people are fatigued by their horrible fucking uh products. And also these five hundred million dollar budgets are just wow, they're somehow they're not they're not stable which is crazy you'd think something that cost that much on a gamble would work but it doesn't so and you know so marvel and pixar they're they believe that they need to what's funny is this ends with him being like we're gonna actually maybe our movies don't need three or four sequels and don't worry the avengers will be back but they'll be completely different they'll be a different avengers who which who fucking cares? It's gonna be really funny when all the Avengers come back and they're like Latino teens. <laughs> Mark well, my words, something like that will happen. I don't know. We'll see. We what we talked last time. All the chiefs of diversity have just been like, uh, so maybe not. That's a good. Maybe point. not. You know what? The Avengers might all be proud boys. <laughs> you know what? That would at least be more honest. <laughs> they just finally cast fascists in the fascist superhero roles. That would be sick. I would love to see that. I mean, that would be re- that would be the truth. I mean, instead of these fake fascists like Brie Larson. <laughs> she ain't fake. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, yeah, so their Marvel and Pixar content will be reduced Iger says he says yeah there were three Pixar releases in a row that went direct to streaming in part because mostly of co because of COVID and I think that you know may have created an expectation in audiences that they're going to eventually be on streaming and probably quickly and there wasn't an urgency to go to the theaters and then I think there was some I think you'd have to agree there was some creative misses as well Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, I'm shocked to hear that. Who did he just have killed that made one of his movies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they even ask him if the loss of John Lasseter contributed a blow to Pixar. 
<laughs> which is like, hmm, how's he going to respond to this one? Mr. Yeah. Uh, he says, well, it wasn't just John. It was a big staff turnover that may have had some impact. Hmm. What is that staff? Hmm. They just they're all uh, all hired under the name John and Co. That's just all it's <laughs> so now it's gonna be like okay, so the next Pixar movies coming out are something called Elio. Well, that's definitely about a Latino family. Why? That's what they all are now. <laughs> Let's see. And maybe it's, no, it's about it's actually a docudrama about Elio Petri. <laughs> Disney saw Ferrara's uh Pasolini movie and was like, you know, pretty good. Would be better if it was animated. So anyway, um everyone's everyone's a little panicked right now. Uh Hollywood CEOs called a, a big meeting the other day, some of their big players to help avert the SAG strike. So a group of CEOs and senior executives, including Disney TV chief Dana Walden and film chief Alan Bergman and Warner Bro- Warner Brothers Discovery's David Zaslav and <laughs> Netflix's Ted Sarandos gathered by conference call Monday evening to discuss the urgent situation with SAG. In a, they in addition to them discussing uh, certain efforts, they have brought on Ari Emanuel of WME, who we just read a little thing about a couple shows back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brian Lord of CAA and UTA's Jeremy Zimmer have reached out uh, to offer assistance to help stave off the work stoppage. They are also apparently going to reach out to someone from the Biden administration to come mediate. (laughs) Yeah. They'd recently dispatched, they're, they're hoping maybe to use uh, the acting labor secretary, Julie Sue, um, who helped provoke, or she helped broker an agreement that prevented the shutdown of the West Coast ports. Um, so they're hoping that a federal mediator would be like seen as a third neutral party to help move the sides towards a compromise, which I think we all know how that's going to go. I mean... Jeez. Just to highlight, I want to highlight an inside baseball thing that's relevant in a roundabout way to what's happening here, too. Especially the fact that it's so transparently people like Biden's administration having a relevance here. Uh, there's a thing happening right now. If you're if you're an exhibitor, if you work at a theater, you program, whatever, there's a crazy thing that has happened ever since Discovery got a hold of warner brothers catalog uh which famously of course has a lot of new line cinema movies in there and a lot of those movies um when they came out were nc-17 uh and discovery is doing this crazy fucking thing where they didn't tell anybody there was no announcement there was nothing but you see lots of programmers talking about it right now you all of a sudden can't book these movies for some reason. And I even, I won't say names to be nice to people, but I even saw someone uh, in a thread of programmers provide an alternate email and say, if you beg and promise not to heavily promote, 
sometimes they will play nice. This includes movies like uh, Pink Flamingos, um, basically all of John Waters stuff. Uh, of course, The Devils is still off the table. But truly, there's a, a really wild Christian stronghold happening right now on the world of movies. And it's real sneaky um, with shit yeah. like that. Um, we won't mention the movie we were working on because that's going to be later. But there's a truly discovery right now is not it's it is illegal unless you get a special pass for whatever reason to show NC-17 movies that are part of the Warner Brothers catalog. They're not they're not allowing you to screen them. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad. <laughs> It's crazy, but I think you know. I just think that's relevant. There's a there's a lot happening. Well, yeah. I mean, the puritanism in Hollywood has never been that far from where we're at now, and but this is new. That is new. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's a new thing because <laughs> the whole point of NC seventeen was so they could allow people to be like, well, if you're filthy and you want to invite filthy, disgusting people into your theaters, do it. That's fine, but you can't get an R rating. Right. You know. But now yeah. even that's not enough. You just are not allowed to show it. It, it makes I mean, it's funny how it, like you 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 say that they, as we now well know, they do that. And then also at the same time, these are the same people that were like, you know, we're going to hire diversity chiefs, which have all suddenly mass exited, which has prompted the California Black Caucus <laughs> like demanding why they're like why are they leaving all these black women in these roles are leaving and why mm. well, I, I don't want to step on the california black caucus i mean they're that's got to be one big caucus but you okay. know i knew i knew you couldn't resist knew you could not resist had to do it huh <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I, i'm I, i'm with them we love them but I don't know if you need to call a meeting to figure out why all these people have been exited from their positions. Well, they were ten they were years to begin with. In the first place, Jesus. Yes, yes, they were going to go in there to do one thing, and the second that didn't matter to make money, then bam, you're gone. See you later. Go get a job. J.P. Morgan Chase. Even that, I don't think most of them were even hired to do that. I think they were hired to have someone in the pictures that were taken to say that they were hired. And then probably they, if they thought that's why they were hired, then all of a sudden they were in these meetings and people were like, no, 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 we already did it. We just need to have you in this position to say we have you. Like we are, we already hired some black people for our next couple movies. We already hired some Asian people in non-stereotypical roles. So we're actually good. So if you just want to go chill in your office, you know, yeah, we didn't want to actually let you girl boss. <laughs> Sorry. Um, also, this is kind of interesting. Um, the executives' resignations and removals happened like basically right before the state legislator approved $1.6 billion in film tax credits uh, to provide tax incentives for film studios. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Hmm. Oh, my I God. Pretty crazy, right? I mean, wow. so not only it, it's just about money. That's what it all. Oh, it's really? so simple. You don't have to listen to this podcast anymore. It's just about money, and it will never be different. It's not about artistic voices and choices and letting people stand up. That was only 
to try to like combat a recent uh, societal push when uh, Trump was in office. And since nothing has shown to have changed between the Trump administration and the Biden administration, there's no need, yeah, there's no need for this for these studios because no one cares. Like they cared for a little bit because it's like how people care about ice spice. You know, they think ice spice is so hot, but in a year, no one's going to give a shit, and she'll be people's third favorite CIA plants in the pop industry. Yep. Well, so. I mean, hey, but you know. She showed her fucking cards. Like you said, it's all about money. You want to pretend you're making, admittedly, in my opinion, pretty great trashy little music videos and bodegas. Do that. But if your goal in doing that is just to get to Taylor Swift so you can become part of that world, whether or not it was uh, nudged by the CIA, awesome. Don't give a fuck. Have a great life. Enjoy, Enjoy your literal 15 seconds of fame. Cause that's, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're, it's, everything is a quick turnaround. So it's very funny when let's see, Senator, <laughs> I don't know where she's a Senator from, but Senator Lola Smallwood Cuevas. During- <laughs> so wasn't even going to do it. I was going to let that one just, <laughs> I just, I was waiting. I was like, is it truly a perfect storm? And it's Lola Smallwood Cuevas. <laughs> We'll call we'll call him Lola Smallwood Quifus, even though I don't think she deserves this. But maybe for asking this question, which would be like, you know, just show people that you have some intelligence and don't need to go to the press with this. Because she says one executive removal could be a fluke, but four more and we're hearing more to come. This is a troubling pattern, a pattern that suggests diversity, equity and inclusion is no longer a priority at the highest levels of the film industry where decisions are made no. and institutional change happens. No. It's all been a lie. Oh my God. I'm a little, I don't think I can be emotionally reached right now. I got a, a small crossover. Didn't expect this, but a little bit of a crossover with our Franco episode. Uh one of the things that Franco likes to harp on is that he is of the belief that you cannot change the system from within it. Whether or not you believe that, uh, and I, you know, I've gone back and forth in my life, but I got to say, the older I get, uh, it's pretty pretty crystal clear, uh, you know, what happens when, especially that high up, quote unquote, the system is changed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's never, it's not real. It's never been real. Um, it's again, just to keep it all flowing. I mean, really, this is what we mean. I'll repeat this three times during this episode. So this is the second, <laughs> don't go to the main theaters the <laughs> of Barbie and Oppenheimer. If you truly want to send a message to studios. So like, you can't be shocked when the fact that they're getting rid of all these people at a time when these strikes are happening and they're clearly not trying to let the strikes like go anywhere like there was okay let's get the let's get this quote from a deadline article from our good buddy cory pop so here's what the deadline article says it says receiving receiving positive feedback from wall street since the wga went on strike on may 2nd warner brothers discovery apple netflix amazon disney paramount those are all people who produce these movies have become determined to break the WGA, as one studio exec blatantly put it, 
To do so, the studios and the AMPTP believe that by October, most writers will be running out of money after five months on the picket lines and no work. The end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses, a studio executive told Deadline. Acknowledging the cold as ice approach, several other sources reiterated the statement. (laughs) One insider called it a cruel but necessary evil. Seen again, that's a it highlights the crazy point we're at. How could they get rid of their diversity chiefs? These people, <laughs> yeah, shocker. No, but we're at, we're at this insane point where it, the 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 people who are running things know that they don't even have to lie anymore. Because <laughs> what's going to happen? Everyone's going to go still see the movies. They don't, so it doesn't matter. They can let. They could start showing you the like crazy snuff videos of their horrific parties. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And all that would happen is everyone would flip shit about it for a second and then rewatch eight millimeter. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm you know exempt from this, but it's crazy. They don't have to lie anymore. Cause it, they why should they? Like they don't they, they, they don't need to. It doesn't affect their bottom line. It used to. It used to affect yeah. the bottom line if you weren't good at lying and covering shit up and all that. Um you know, I was watching that Playboy documentary of, you know, Hugh Hefner's insane team of people who helped keep things covered up for him and his buddies, like Bill Cosby and all these people. But now they don't have to. And it's 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 kind of surreal. Yeah, it really is. I mean, <laughs> Bob Iger went on the Disney CEO, went on cnbc's the squawk box uh yesterday morning so that's thursday morning and he was uh speaking about the the strike and he says it's very disturbing to me we've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing the recovery from covid which is ongoing it's not (laughs) (laughs) it's not completely back this is the worst time in the world guys to add in on that disruption Come on, guys. Um, I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. Mm, Our creators. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. Hmm. I wonder if there's a difference between what directors get and actors get. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. We'd we'd like to. We'd like to, but we, it's just it's hard. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers. That's past tense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors, the people that we probably will do concessions for because they are the ones who make the most money, who become producers, who are the face of our products. But he says there's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they're adding to the set of the cha- of these challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. Okay, so wow. it's fine to just spend $500 million uh, for 180 hours of CGI work to make Harrison Ford look young again. But we should not, yeah, but we should not pay them 
Yep. And so, also, again, it's the classic thing, but, you know, this is a yacht-ass motherfucker through and through. Buddy, sell two of them. Sell two of them. And then you pay for your next two movies. And then you can maybe work it out in your little fucking worm brain how to pay people. <laughs> but, again, they don't want to. They don't want to and they don't have to care. It's so... uh Yeah. Well, I mean... No, it's not. It's just not seeing them be so transparent about it. What he's saying is he's saying that when um, Bob Chapek, the original guy from the original Disney CEO, he was only paid his total pay package for the year was twenty four point five million. So what I think Iger's saying is his pay package was only fifteen million. So he'd just like you to remember that. I hope he's okay. I, that's got to be tough to recover from um oh wait no then it was revealed later that he did get paid above 27 million (laughs) not to mention uh all the kickbacks and shit he gets from people like the biden administration and the trump administration before that and the obamas before that as as we pointed out they're getting a big tax incentive so uh well the tax shit blew in mind i didn't know the timing on that (laughs) yeah I, i i he says there's clearly content that they create that is core to Disney. <laughs> there is clearly some content that these writers and actors contributed that is kind of theirs. But the, yeah. but the distribution model, the business model that forms the underpending of that business and that is delivering great profits over the years is definitely broken. And we have to call it like it is. Well, whose fault is that, you fucking loser? Not the writers. <laughs> Not the actors. Huh. He says, when I came back, one of the things I discovered that was the disruptive forces that have been preying on that business for a while are greater than I thought. It's eye-opening. There's a reality to it that we have to come to grips with, and we have to come to grips with it now. Look, maybe all these studio heads should spend last time fucking palling around with pedophiles and figure out how to put movies out that people want to see, and then you can pay people. It'd be one idea, but I'm just sad that Bob Iger is disturbed by all this. Yeah. It certainly has nothing to do with what we just read about how they their sales are down. They've I think it was on one of our Patreons, but they've lost something close to like... 500 600 billion in like losses or not billion in millions uh in losses because like but then that was without like all the merchant advertising shit and i think it was like three billion that's right yes because then there was also the disney plus where they got rid of cricket in india which is what the fuck are you thinking (laughs) that's again circling back that would be like the dollar theaters getting rid of bollywood shows yeah fucking lights on man diversity what <laughs> so what's happening now is you've got all these like there's a big shakeup and I I just wonder if there's any signs that if I click around if there's any signs of what could be going on. Ooh, this looks interesting. This was just entered only a few hours ago. We just talked about someone who was on this board meeting uh talking about like what are we going to do with these people who want to be paid for their work? Well, CAA is an advanced talk to sell majority stake to a French billionaire named Francois-Henri Penelt. His name is really penultimate. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. He's the billionaire behind the luxury and fashion empire Caring. 
Well, that's how you know it's truly scary shit, right? When you hear about billionaires and then you find out what they're in charge of and you know have never even heard a whisper of it, it's, you know it's dark. <laughs> All of our talent is at the picket lines. Let's sell to a French fashion mogul. Wow. They're uh they are valuing the company at seven billion. And this is CAA like the agency, right? Yeah. Yes. Weirdly yeah. enough, Caring denies that this pinalt guy has any involvement with the group. Oh. Mm, let's do a little. Oh, K-E-R, French Luxury Group. Yes. Sorry, I just had to look it up. I want to know what this shit is. Wait. No. This guy's, married to, this guy's married to Selma Hayek. Yeah. When you go to their website, the first thing you see on the top left corner is the price of the shares. Yeah, so share prices are five hundred thousand pounds right now, Damn. and then they advertise all the brands they work with, which is you know everybody: Balenciaga, Gucci. Uh, we've got Saint Laurent. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, oh, this seven is- billion dollar majority stake in the one of the biggest talent agencies. I don't know. No, I, I just smell something a little stinky here. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, this is nuts. You got to dig around. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, okay. We're gonna have to do. Uh... Oh my god! This is crazy. No, yeah, this we're... is like a. If I like, com- if I tried to come up with a, like, really intense joke, and I knew how to build websites, this is what I would do to like tell you it was real because I can't believe this is real. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I yeah. um. Anyway, so Selma Hayek is about to wait. Does that mean Selma Hayek is leaving my agency, the William Morris agency? <laughs> you know what? It probably means that I lost her. <laughs> you Sorry, lost her yeah, once again. Ah, uh, every time she just slips right through my finger. God, what sucks too is you think like, oh, they'll probably divorce. They got married in two thousand nine. No, they just renewed their vows. <laughs> the ultimate like crazy rich people shit renewing your vows for no reason <laughs> well you know yeah. housewives when like someone's doomed their marriage if they renew their vows is that what, well i'm getting into that now for our upcoming next highs and lows show more to come on that but uh yeah <laughs> And uh, just let, let's not forget while we talk about some hike even though you know we love whatever but uh, she did. <laughs> she did say that crazy shit. Was it to Three Six Mafia? <laughs> well, basically, what I'm saying is like, obviously, this can't be good, and we'll come back to this because, like we said, this is a. We yeah, everyone, just, go to that website. Go to that yeah, fucking. Website. We just got up to report this and decided, kind of like we have to do an emergency episode. So we'll 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 dig into this and we'll get back to you on some of this. But that's. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, but okay, are you ready? Yeah. What did Selma Hayek say to Three Six Mafia? So this is on their Oscar night, right? One of the times the, the Academy Awards got it right. The only time I've ever seen anyone show real happiness for winning. <laughs> it's really true. It's just Juicy J for every Oscar. That's what I would say. So okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Oh wait. I okay. I remember this now. Yeah, but okay. Paul is the one who is talking about it, and yeah. he says, "Sama Hayek walked up to me, who I was super in love with because of From Dust Till Dawn with George Clooney, and said the craziest shit." And this is what she said in quotes. 
you know your brothers and sisters are dying over in Africa because of all this jewelry you're wearing. And he says, because I, because I guess we had these big old watches they gave us on and those platinum necklaces. So I was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't have no brothers and sisters in Africa. And like that, Salma Hayek killed my heart on. I just went limp. I told her it was nice meeting her and walked away. All right. I hate to say this, but Selma Hayek, you just went on the I'm full of shit list because uh, if you are going to partner, let me, I'm going to say partner, marry a guy like this who is now getting involved with these companies that have extreme stake in how AI is created. Lest I remind you how you make these AI, uh, this AI technology, you have to go to Africa and have children and like women, some who are pregnant dig for cobalt. Well, but she doesn't wear big jewelry, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Which also isn't true. That's I'm looking at a picture. She's wearing some fucking that chunky ass jewelry. Oh, you know, come on. You know, she like fucking she gets hard for a blood diamond. She's like, oh, my God, it's so good. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood diamond. It's <laughs> the worst impression you've done yet. And I love it. Hello, my name is Selma Ayak. It's Selma. And I love when children get my jewelry, but not when that sounds French. That sounds like her husband. Well, it's it's OK. You're You're getting wait. So anyway, all right. Well, listen, I get her point. She's right. The Three Six Mafia are Satanists, okay? We know that. It's true. We have plenty of evidence that they love Satan. Let's put them on trial in Georgia. You don't even have to spin the records backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder if she bothered to stop anyone else who won that night for... I wonder if she's bothered to stop the producers of Crash to <laughs> tell them about what they're doing. But no, let's stop the, uh, the guys who shouldn't have been there. They did not belong. They, you know what? These gay the crashers, movie. these thugs that broke oh. it. Damn, Selma Hayek, the Latino Karen. Isn't that a crazy thing to say? I, I, I think about that. often. And the, it's, I just love it. Just also highlights why Three Six Mafia is the kind of people who should be in charge of things, because that reaction, just like damn, we were having a great night. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. <laughs> it's really sad. Um, I, I just obviously we can't imagine what it's like to have that someone say that to you. But good God. Yeah, I guess I can. Um, anyway. So anyway. Yes. So we, we encourage these asides also. So because obviously that happens every time we get sad. <laughs> so hopefully it helps you guys also to not get too sad. Yes. But let's pick up where we were. So we're still talking about the strike in the studios. The strike has said, I mean, basically actors cannot go to premieres, award shows, social media, promo of any kind, events, Wait, blah, 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 blah. Let me read it. Okay. You read it. You read it. Because this is crazy. So this was the bomb that went off today. So SAG-AFTRA, Af- goddamn, SAG-AFTRA, um, when they joined forces today, really laid it down hard. And a lot of people in the exhibition world, of course, you know, were talking about this and all that and reading through the direct quotes of what they said. And everything was relatively business as usual. Um, and then got to this paragraph, which is a really, a really... Um, I don't even know which word to use. Just a, <laughs> I can think of a couple. Just a pretty intense uh, throw down <laughs> to to do this, especially right before October, which is uh, not just October, right before TIFF, 
um, and other film festivals, which are heavily talent driven. Venice. Venice. Like right before all these big things, SAG-AFTRA has this to say. According to the guidelines, SAG-AFTRA members will not be able to attend premieres, do interviews for completed work, go to award shows, attend film festivals, or even promote projects on social media while the strike is in effect. They are also not allowed to attend conventions such as Comic-Con or 90s Con to promote any past or present work made under a SAG-AFTRA contract. Now that is fucking unprecedented. And that is wild. That is straight up a lot of these people who maybe don't get, continue to get, you know, big roles or, uh, uh, you know, roles that pay a lot in their careers. The way they do make money is festival appearances, Comic-Con appearances, dumbass screenings that we try to do. <laughs> you know, all the, a lot of these people, the way they do survive when no one is casting them in things anymore or when they are mostly doing like smaller independent stuff because the Hollywood machine is so brutal, they survive on this stuff. And now the gauntlet has truly been thrown down. They're like, none of this will happen until we get what we want, which is nuts. Absolutely not. It's amazing. It's like a crazy, I don't know. I was, I was floored when I read that statement because it, that's, that's, I, I don't know. That's some, I mean, that's not literally of course, but it is a metaphorical Molotov cocktail for the world of the entertainment industry in this country at the very least. It's awesome. It's probably the actor's fault, to be honest. It's probably <laughs> for for them being the on-screen presence is pushing for diversity. It's got to be their fault. Like when Lightyear <laughs> featured two animated cats or something that are the same gender, apparently kiss. China didn't like it. Wait, the cats kissed? I don't know. I'm just. I'd like to imagine it was some gay cats, but I. I, I don't know. It's. It well, might now, be, now it's, I'm gonna have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's so some. Much. It's some fucking Pixar. Pixar characters kiss. They like seeing these little pixels smooch. Well, but if it's cats, I do want to see that. So, well, you report back on that to us because <laughs> here's the next stage. So we've talked about. It's kind of interesting what these moguls are saying about their talent and uh, the people who make their movies right now it's kind of interesting that caa one of the biggest talent agencies is trying to sell majority stake to uh the guy who runs gucci um now you might be wondering where does china fit into all this hmm? are they maybe part of the real reason a lot of this is happening well imax right now as we've said, is probably the only theatrical distribution company that seems to be like having some stake in uh, what movies get made because Wanda Group, which is a Chinese company, they bought a, they basically acquired all of AMC theaters in 2012. Apparently they're selling some of that stock right now, <laughs> so, which is interesting. Let's see, their their box office um, was reported back in January dropping $4.4 billion. And a lot of this, they say, is due to 
these diversifying issues in the movies. It's seen Buzz Lightyear's cat kiss a salamander. It's, you know, the like... The, the black... interspecies problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem of that. It's the Black Little Mermaid. It's a, yeah, as we have always said, it definitely has nothing to do with quality of movies. Nothing at all. Well, Paul W.S. Anderson tried to at least do his Monster Hunter movie, and they were like, this should be fine. Oh, wait. A Chinese character makes a joke called my something about his knees, and he says, I have Chinese. So they pulled that movie. <laughs> it's also like that is if I if someone ever asked me and they're not a Paul W.S. Anderson fan, and they ask me what a typical Paul W.S. Anderson joke sounds like, that's the one I'll be using. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly the sense of humor. <laughs> The only things that have made real money were uh, the Battle of Lake Shang Changling or what? Changlin. What? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. That movie that Choi Hart got involved in, and he like, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think he's making the sequels. Yep. Is that the one that led to that? I believe. That... Yeah. Yes. So, um, they're only their biggest thing that's taking the top spot right now is something called never say neighbor never say neighbor that's don't know neighbor. what that is earned 55.3 million um another movie called lost in the stars is you know highly surpassing stuff like fast x at the china box office which had one of their better openings but basically what i'm saying is like these things like the wandering earth 2 stuff like this it's mostly a lot of local chinese films that are making the money for them that doesn't mean these are films of quality it means that maybe they got some filmmakers that used to be of quality and have turned them into puppets uh for the chinese propaganda state uh that is also something going on there so these hollywood tent poles other than avatar have really started to suffer and avatar did so well really because of its like content or not really content it's uh it's technology and also it's James Cameron. He's still a name that gets a lot of people to go there. But China is not, it's not like they're doing horrible on an economic level. Like they're alive and well, but our movies are not, which, I mean, if you want to go all the way back to like Jurassic Park, I mean, we are very responsible for ruining the great cinema of Hong Kong, Taiwan. I mean, whatever you, all of Chinese cinema you know mainland and everything else truly exactly yeah. so you do have to i mean spielberg we love him he's a double offender for helping ruin 70s independent <laughs> cinema in america with jaws which is one of the best movies ever made well he i will say he he definitely he started he turned on the motorcycle and then star wars drove that shit into the fucking wall so right 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 Yes, yeah. studios saw ways to make big money. So he does it again yeah. with Jurassic Park, uh, which changes the Hollywood landscape for the worse, probably. And also uh, China, because that was when they really started, you know, importing tons of American movies. And then, oops, suddenly the bottom has fallen out of the wonderful, beautiful hong kong film market that we love to talk about as being one of the last great bastions of modern you know creative overflow in cinema i don't think there's actually another type of cinema anywhere in the world other than that right there 
that matches the level of quality, the level of imagination that movies can do. So uh, I'm looking at this article here about China and says, to be perfectly honest, the country's film business success has been on a level that ought to make Western capitalists blush. In addition to many successful foreign investors and distribution deals, their domestic productions have tremendous success. Like the bat, like I mentioned earlier, the the battle at Lake Changjin, Wolf Warrior Two, and something called High Mom, which is not what I think it is. Oh my God! Please tell me it's a shot for shot remake. The Chinese- I don't know if the, I don't know if that High Mom shot for shot remake would survive in China. Right I would hope it wouldn't survive anywhere. But <laughs> it would be the exact opposite of what they want right now. Maybe that's what it is. It's an undoing of Brian De Palma's Hi Mom. Yeah, it's yeah. Be Chinese, baby. God damn it. <laughs> that's a joke for definitely no one who listens to <laughs> You are that one person. We appreciate you. <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't have to make you beat that because it's <laughs> real good. Oh, this is killing, censorship is killing me right now. We're just two like horrible and holy combinations of Richard Pryor and Rodney Dangerfield over here, just trying to let our, our demons spawn come out of us, but we have to be good. <laughs> it's called Be Japanese, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, damn, it's not any any high mom heads out there. You're welcome. That was for you. (laughs) Okay, so um, next week we'll be doing a joke for no one on Dionysus sixty (laughs) nine. So my point being, if you made that movie with those jokes in China, they would pull it from their distribution because. That is not how they do things over there. Though they do crave Western products in addition to their own, they don't like anything anti-Chinese. So he also goes on to say in this article, tensions between Western powers and China certainly haven't helped. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Relations under the Obama and Trump administrations were fraught to begin with, with the latter worsening during the COVID-19 pandemic and distrust is still at play. Missing a certain name in there, but... Weird. Guess he kind of forgot how who's running things now. So this guy who wrote the article, I've forgotten his name. It doesn't matter. He's like an attorney. He's he helped uh, the Chinese investors on 2022's Moonfall, and he said their resolve was what made the expensive production possible. But its financing, production, and distribution were some of the most complicated he had ever encountered. Um, COVID restrictions, insurance, bonds, multiple financing sources, and the like. So. You know, he said basically at the end of the day, I mean, they they want more content in China, Um, you know, financing, distribution and production of the Western films can work. But everything is contingent upon essentially understanding that market and the best ways to sync it with Western ideals. So. I guess uh, this leads us to the selling of some major theaters and also IMAX spending 124 million to buy full control of their China subsidiary. Now, before you think this is America coming back, well, no, 
This is not America coming back because some of their best business pre-pandemic were things like The Wandering Earth 2 or Lost in the Stars. So IMAX is going to buy the outstanding 96.3 million shares in IMAX China, um, which the offer represents an approximate 49% premium to the 30-day trading average clip, blah, 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 blah. Who fucking cares? It doesn't really matter because it's a win-win for IMAX and IMAX China because, as it says here, it unlocks significant financial benefits for IMAX while offering IMAX China investors a meaningful premium to current market prices. So the listing of IMAX China helped raise capital to fuel a period of tremendous growth for IMAX in China. And this transaction has the potential to usher in a new era of expansion for our brand, blah, 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 blah. So what's funny is Morgan Stanley is serving as the financial advisor. Just a total, total above board company that wants the best for America. So uh. IMAX is going to fully join like basically become a major force in China. I guess that doesn't really signal that movies are going to probably lessen their gigantic price tags. It seems like the model is let's keep jacking things up to these exorbitant prices to film things. And that probably has nothing to do with why our movies aren't doing well. It's almost like they might have some financial stake in doing a certain spending a certain amount of money. On these things, what do you think? Will you think they're bad businessmen, or do you think they're extremely savvy businessmen? I think it's a eighty twenty. Yes. <laughs> well, my point being with all this is, though this is all very new, um, and all these things are kind of happening at once. I'm literally like, like refreshing because new shit uh, comes out. Like right now, literally just 20 minutes ago, Oppenheimer U.S. premiere cancels red carpet. Yep. That's going to be hard for uh, getting profits on Oppenheimer or the Barbie movie. I wonder if it's that Barbie, uh, Margo and uh, what's her face? Greta started doing all their promotions a couple weeks ago, which is kind of odd. That would be that would be illegal to do to have insider information that could affect the stock market so take that out of your mouth right now spit yeah. it out bad boy sorry <laughs> this is i don't know it's we're, we're back to we are where we landed again last time we talked about the first round of strike stuff and just remind everyone to you know if you know people directly throw them some fucking love uh throw them some love shit because Truly, as we read this, also the the whether it's real or not, which it is, but <laughs> whether it's real or not, SAG after's terms here are are really serious, and this is you know a really big, a really big moment in the world of the thing that we love. You know, this is truly a, this is a really big it's a really big fucking deal. So throw some love towards the folks that you know who work in this world uh if you work in this world we're throwing you love you i know, want to be positive it's hard the leviathan of industry is usually more powerful than we'd like to admit and i do fear that if you get the uh, one of these biden mediators in there 
I just hard it's hard for me to not see this going the way like the NBA strikes went. Remember, mm-hmm. we got old we got Barry to get off of his dumb ass for the second time since he'd left office after he'd gotten the DNC to squash Bernie. And now it's like, yeah, hey, hey guys, let's uh let's uh, let's not strike. Why don't you go out there and play the best game you can? And dumbass LeBron decided to be like, okay, and told everyone, eh, forget it. Just write the people of victims of police brutality on the back of your sneaker. And they're like, cool. Just stay tuned, because I have a feeling as movies probably are going to get worse, the news is going to be at least more entertaining. And the and the movies that sneak their way out through whatever avenues are necessary are going to be better. So we'll be all right. And the one... Hopefully, if those avenues still exist. As, you know, bringing it back to the probably biggest sin of Steven Spielberg, even though I love the movie, bringing it back to Jurassic Park, we'll let our boy Jeff Goldblum call it and say life finds a way. (laughs) I'll do the one caveat that I... I do feel it's necessary now. And, I, you know, we normally don't like this kind of stuff. But <laughs> in case you're listening to us for the first time, when we talk about the brutality and very evil reality of the mainland Chinese government and film industry, we are certainly never trying to add flame to the fire of, like, you know, horrible, ignorant fucks in this country and all over the world blaming everything on china at large we are talking about the evil billionaires who control and run the film industry there in the same way that we're talking about the evil billionaires who control and run it here so it has nothing to do with (laughs) saying you know i just i know it's i know it's out of character for us but i i I just always i just want to make sure you know and we're we're the you know we're huge we're huge lovers of a lot of uh the output of mainland and otherwise and we don't have to sing our on well. that because you know damn well that we are not against china or chinese people. as a chinese person i never be against <laughs> china so i just you know i was worried I, you were getting like brady stanellis with gay people <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome it is simply like i said money it's the people that control those those purse satchels that are are the problem here. And, you know, we talk about China's nationalist propaganda film market. Well, we weren't, we aren't that far from it with the movies that are coming out. I mean, I don't know how to, what else to call these superhero movies, if not for America's great and you just need one person to take care of it. So, you know, we'll leave you with that because we, we gave you a lot of threads today that do connect, but we haven't exactly gotten them to form completely yet because w- one, the form brain lines in our head haven't formed yet. <laughs> form brain lines. There's something like I said, as okay. stupid as we are, this is why you listen to us. As stupid as we are, we are able to play detective with all this and start piecing these things together. So if we can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And look, just like we were talking about at the start of this, most people are not as fucking stupid as these evil assholes that run everything think they are. And guess what? We know y'all are smart. So you can fill in the gaps of our stupidity. And together, we can take down Hollywood 
in the right way yes. and get all of our friends and the people who actually do the fucking work paid in the best way. And ultimately what that means is just better products and less of, uh, you know, that means that fucking movies, man. I mean, horror movies are doing better than anything right now. That new Insidious came out. It's doing some of the best. Weirdly, the right wing pedo movie is doing very well. Slang. Slang. And also, let's just highlight. If that Insidious movie is doing so well and uh, it might actually be the worst in the series, which is saying a lot, but horror is doing so well right now so let's actually do an awesome thing and give people a chance who are great horror filmmakers to make their fucking movies finally and let people see some great stuff well once it's strikes over patrick wilson or whatever the fuck his name is that's it right yeah we don't that's not who needs to get the chance to shoot a shot (laughs) but anyway anyway rom-coms can return just your regular studio comedies. These all could return if, and this is the last time I'm going to say it, you find something else to do on the weekend of the 21st. Will it change the world? No. But it, if- definitely, it definitely won't change the world, but it might be a little fucking ding in the armor. And that's all we can hope for right now until we get to the point where we have to just be violent. <laughs> So I love to perform activism on your social medias. Yes. Here's a chance to do it. And you don't have to lift a finger. In fact, you save money by doing it. And you actually have to do less. You don't have to move. You can just doom scroll. You can doom scroll in bed. You can masturbate a hundred times. You can like text an X. You can do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Instead of going. Tweet all day about how you're not there and about how you're sending a message because then the studios, you better believe they they pay attention to what happens online sometimes. They see a mass of that. They, they, they could think, yeah, exactly. They have to. They could think, yeah, I wonder. I wonder because remember, they can't exist and do what they do if you don't buy the tickets. So, sorry, that puts a lot of responsibility on you as the viewer, but we were going to do a big Barbie Oppenheimer show, but the more we think about it, it's just like, fuck that. I, I don't want to contribute to that. That's not what the point of the show is. And again, same thing. We'll watch those movies. We'll watch both those movies. Absolutely. Granted, we'll figure out a way to make sure we don't have to pay for one of them that isn't playing at a place we can go to for free. Mm-hmm. But we're not we're not taking some moral high ground. Like, you know, don't watch these movies. You're a bad person. That's not the case. Just fuck up the opening weekend. Just fuck that opening weekend up. Activate your cells and just tell them, yeah, tell them to stay home. Go barbecue, go to a park, get your titties sucked, get your titties sucked, whatever you have to do. (laughs) Just avoid the movies that weekend. I know you want to be a part of the cultural phenomenon that is the weekend where two movies open. But you know what? It's sad that we're celebrating two big movies opening the same weekend. It used to be every weekend almost. I'm sorry if you're too young and you don't remember this, but it used to be that way. So you could have this weekend all the time by just sacrificing one weekend in the heat of the summer where you don't want to go out anyway. Just do it. I also love that my suggestions were all sad things of like stay home and masturbate and text your ex, and you were like, go get laid, go to a park. I'm more positive. Will is <laughs> a part of us, but that's 
<laughs> do anything that makes you feel good, whether it's sad or happy. If it keeps you from that, I promise it will register to these studios. And you literally so, only have to wait four days. You can go on Monday. That's what we're saying. Literally Thursday to Thursday to Sunday. And then they stop counting rent track. Like the emails go out less. Absolutely. If you really want to do it right, you could wait till Monday or just wait till the first week's gone. Just hit that second week. Yeah. Or, or if you can stomach it, they're not good at it, but if you can stomach one of those H cam uploads on pirate pay, watch it that way. You can, the, you can hear the mono version of both Barbie and Oppenheimer in the comfort of your home. You don't need to be in the IMAX seats when the bomb blows up and goes 40x and starts shocking you. In I the still seat. can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, uh, this is what we're saying. The evil that is at afoot is so strong with Mattel and this opening weekend that we are both not disparaging Scientology, which used to be one of the greatest powers of evil on the planet. And now it's just a normal power of evil on the planet. So we're saying you're allowed to support Scientology, but not these, because that's how bad it's gotten. They ran shit. They did a little bit. They changed, They were able to change some things, but that's the kind of change we like to see. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that see. note, uh, no, learn to steal. Girl from the internet and we will see you later yep